The Undertones with Wednesday Week. Hello, this is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music on a Saturday morning. What more appropriate track to start a Saturday show with than Wednesday Week? Exactly. Mm. That's uh, vintage Undertones, isn't it? Is it? I would say so, because that's got Sharky on it, right? And he's no longer with the band. They've just released a new album, I believe, The Undertones. Right. But it's minus Sharky. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty good. Sharky's Machine. Yeah, it's no longer Sharky's Machine. Really? They've uh, switched off Sharky's Machine. Yeah, they have. Would you invest in a uh, an album by a famous band minus the famous lead singer? Mm. Have you I ever don't done know. So? I'd, certain, I'd certainly have to listen critically to it. Yeah. Like, uh, can you think of, um, any bands that have plodded on without their main asset? Uh, The Doors spring to Mm. mind. They did a couple of albums after Jim Morrison popped his, um, Mm. leather clogs, and they weren't very good. They were very bad. There was an album called Full Circle, which was the better of the two ones that they did, Mm. and that was a stinky one. Do you remember that? I played you a track off that years ago. No me moleste mosquito. I don't remember it. That's probably evidence that it's not very good. No, there must be an example of a band that's done well, though, mustn't there? Without their, uh... Hey, maybe our listeners could help us with that. The only snag is that we're actually on tape this week. Yeah. We're not actually here, so listeners, don't text us. Otherwise, you will be wasting your money and we'll get involved in some terrible financial scandal. Yes, we'll both be electrocuted. Yeah. Uh, We're actually recording this last Wednesday. No? What day is it? Tuesday. Is it? What day is it? Well, today is Saturday. Saturday. But today, as we're speaking, is Wednesday. There you go. So, in a way, that Undertones track was the perfect track to play. Yeah. We got there eventually. So, coming up in this show, we got great music, as usual. Uh, we've got some Sly and the Family Stone coming up. A bit of Toots and the Matals. Uh, that's just the first hour. Plus, we'll be playing uh, Text the Nation. But remember, don't text us this week. We're going to be running that segment. Running the segment? Yeah. Off of uh, emails we got during the week. Uh, we'll also be doing Song Wars. It's very complicated because we're on tape. Song Wars, uh, you can vote for it via email. And you'll uh, find out who wins Song Wars next, next week, week exactly. although you'll hear the tracks this week. Don't worry, it'll all become clear as we oh, go along. Dear. It's absolutely fine. Now, here's some more music. This is a great band, uh, The Young Knives. I sounded like a very old man there. This is a great band. Well done. They, they're The Young Knives, and this track is called Terra Firm. <laughs> Fake brown real steak. I wasn't listening. I was frightened. Yeah, that is I ran and hid. You know, they didn't used to be so frightening, the young knives. They used to be more friendly. I mean, they? One, yeah, one of them is called House of Lords in the band. Really? That's his actual name? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, which is a good name, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were very much a sort of nerd outfit. Mm. But now it sounds as if they're furious. He's called House of Lords. Yeah. What's his actual name? I think House of Lords. I don't know what his actual name is, but, wow. but that he's, you know, it's like being called the Edge. As far as everybody knows... Well, I tell you, there's a difference between being called the House of Lords and the Edge. Why? And no insult to the Young Knights, but the, uh, you two have been around a while. Yes. And they're not going away. What I'd be worried about is if the Young Knives split up, or maybe, you know, they have ten amazing years... Mm-hmm. Then they have to, you know, fashions change. Do they? They have to, re- yeah, they have to rethink their, um, you know, role in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's still called the House of Lords. Right. That wouldn't be, uh, you know, he couldn't, for instance, be a telephonist. Hello, uh, you're through to John Menzies. This is the House of Lords speaking. Yeah, that would be confusing. confusing. What if he worked at the House of Lords? Well... If he was just an MP? Then he'd kind of cancel himself out. Right. 
he wouldn't appear on any kind of it would be uh, database yeah. because it would confuse the computers. The Right Honourable House of Lords. Um, he might end up having a staff of hundreds of cleaners try and enter him Oof. and clean up his insides. I wish, I wish staff of cleaners. He might have. You might get arrested yeah. if you protest anywhere near him. Right. He would be a listed building. <laughs> And he might be blown up by terrorists. But at least he'd get a lovely clean every uh, 25 years or so. He'd certainly be all scrubbed up nice. He'd get really nicely scrubbed. When he goes to restaurants... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> does he go, order? Or, or, well, there's something in there anyway. Yeah. Fit that together yourselves. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> now, later on in the show, we are going to be unveiling our songs from Song Wars. And we should remind you that this time... The theme for Song Wars was a uh, well. It was it was suggested to us by a listener. Do you have the name of the listener, Bernie? Yes, I do. What, who was it? Not going to tell you. Oh, please tell me, man. It was from Tony Armstrong. Tony, that's a good name. Tony J Armstrong. Yeah, it's a good strong. And he lives name in Google Mail. Does he? Mm. Which is a small village in Hampshire. Uh huh. Oh, I don't know that he lives in Hampshire. Um, but that's all we know about him, his name. Should we be playing the jingle here? Uh, well, we can play the jingle when we unveil the songs. All right, so this is a pre-unveiling. a pre -unveiling. Yeah, this is a little tease to just sort of a set the tease. scene. Yeah, we asked you listeners to suggest the lyrics for Song Wars this week, and we asked you to get us text, found text, off the back of a uh, instruction manual or maybe a, um, you know, something, a box, a packet, text that you think could never be made to sound passionate and meaningful. Yeah. Texts that couldn't be used in a song, ever. Right, so not not poems and not stuff from no, the No, 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 specifically non-poetic non, non texts. Instructions, horoscopes, that kind of thing. You Something know, functional text. In yeah, fact, horoscopes is even a bit too meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we had an overwhelming response. I was if, overwhelmed. Yeah, if, if, if one text was whelming, mm -hmm. then we were overwhelmed. Right. We got, like, three... Yeah. Not even text emails. Uh, and we chose one, which we'll reveal later. Ooh. Yeah, we're so good at radio. We know uh, you don't give listeners all the information at once. You're not. You give them the smallest bit possible. Double T's. Like little hungry birds. They're waiting for the next old stinky worm. New to Saturday night. BBC. <laughs> They're just giving up their sly and the family stone. Can't be bothered anymore. Well, you know, apparently that's what they were like when they were playing live recently. Really? Couldn't be bothered a bit of, really? a bit of the time, yeah. Are they still intact? They're still very much intact, yeah. Wow. They were playing a lot of gigs over the summer. And what happened? They just lost interest and drifted off. I read a review of one particular gig. I think mm. it was maybe in Brighton. Mm. And it was uh, reviewed by several music papers. And all of them said it was one of the worst gigs they'd ever seen. It was really? so bad. The band was so late. And then they played so badly when they arrived on stage that people were just booing and, and, wow. and yelling, uh, I want my money back. There's a thin line. Even listening to that, you know, the original stuff, there's a thin line between brilliance and laziness. Yeah. And a line that they tread, you know, uniquely. Right. They've fallen off of, off of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, onto the lazy half. <laughs> the this lazy is Adam half. and Joe on BBC Six Music. Uh, welcome to our Saturday morning show. Uh, it's time to do Song Wars. It's time for Song Wars. The war of the songs. A couple of tunes by a couple of prongs. Which will you vote for? Which one is the best? 
We're putting our songs to the listener test. So check it out. Yeah, that's right. Every week, Joe and myself compose an original song for you, the listeners, and it's based on a theme also suggested by you, our friends, the listeners. And、uh, Joe, remind the listeners what the theme was、yes. this time. The theme this week was、um, the theme was lyrics that you would never find in a song. Right, found lyrics,、mm-hmm. say from the side of a packet of food or the instruction manual of a new gadget. Fruit. What? Oh no! What? No, there's none. There's none. What? You, why? <laughs> You're just talking nonsense now. Instructions. Fruit. Uh, there's none. The instructions. You're having a dream. Instructions on fruit. Instructions. No, there's no fruit. The fruit aren't that complicated. Some of them. God made them that way. Oranges should have instructions. Sorry, carry on, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. So we asked you to send us some sa- samples of、uh, found text that you thought could never make the lyrics to a song. We had、uh, a kind of top three submissions. One of them was the publishing details on the side of a book that was sent in by David Buchanan from Bristol. He wanted us to write a song to the following: This book is sold subject to the condition that it shall not, by way of trade or otherwise, be lent, resold, hired out, or otherwise circulated without the publisher's prior consent in any form of binding. Oh, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would you have done the ISBN number as well? Maybe that would have been quite a challenge. Yeah, we didn't go for David's suggestion. That was、though. too difficult. It was、one. too difficult. We went for this suggestion from Tony Armstrong. Uh, dear sirs, see that's got us already. It's nice, some respectful. Respect. Yeah, it would. I would be most pleased if you could use your jiggery pokery technical wizardry. You see, he's like a little hobbit. <laughs> he doesn't understand <laughs> what we do here. This is our perfect listener. He's awed by the things we do.、Yeah. Uh, use your technical wizardry to compose a song celebrating the satanic beauty of IKEA meatballs.、Huh? I care not for their cheap flat pack furnishings, but find their meatballs simply irresistible. As、These、Robert Palmer once sang. Right, right. Since discovering their addictive charms, I've gained three stone. I can eat naught but processed meat produce with a slightly Nordic flavouring. I quote directly from the cooking instructions below, which fortuitously includes a title for your efforts in bold print. He's got florid、uh, writing style there, doesn't he? Yeah, I like him. I like. It's、him. almost as if the manufacturers of this unholy food stuff knew this day would come.、Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. You know what? I forgot the bold title. Right. I forgot to sing it. But here we go. Here are the lyrics that he's asked us to. Turn into a song. Ahem. Heating instructions from Frozen. Place the meatballs in an oven-proof dish and heat at 225 degrees centigrade for about 15 minutes. In a microwave, 700 watts. Place the meatballs in a bowl without a lid. Heat at full power level for four to five minutes. Stir after half the time. That's all we had to work with, folks. So,、uh, would you like to hear the results now? This week, rather than playing clips of the songs, we're still—you know—it's only show three of、mm. our tenure here at the、we're、British Council. We're still kind of feeling our way through. So, rather than playing short clips, we thought, as we're you know going to play both songs at the end anyway, yeah, yeah. We, we may as well play them right the way through. And you can vote. And don't forget that because we are taping the show this week, you won't find out whose song has been voted as the favourite today. You'll find out next week. Exactly. And all、mm. you have to do is vote by emailing us. Don't text. No, please don't text. No, don't text. We, we want to rip you off like that.、Um, and the email address is. Adam and Joe, all one word, A and D, not an ampersand. Dot six music, the number six, not the word six, and then the word music at bbc.co.uk. Is that clear? Yeah. Say it all again without all the explanation. Adam and Joe. Dot six music at bbc.co.uk. Bingo.、Um, so yes, let's hear the songs right now. You heard those lyrics before. You heard what we had to work with. Now, who wants to go first? 
I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna lose. I don't think mine's very good. Really? Well, I had a tough time. I oh. went through several versions before. Did you? Several. Well, I didn't, and that's my problem. I went with the first version, <laughs> <laughs> and this is it. So play mine first, please, Ben. Place the meatballs in another group dish. Place the meat at 225 degrees centigrade for about 15 minutes in a microwave at 700 watts. Place the meatballs in a bowl without a lid and the heat at full power for 45 minutes. Stir. After half the time, I said, stir the meatballs after half the time. Come on, place the meatballs, eat the meatballs, stir the meatballs. You love meatballs, you love meatballs. Come on, meatballs. There we go. So... I was really trying to infuse <laughs> those lyrics with with passion. You really did. You went and for the meaning. soulful route there. I, I was kind of going for a kind of power rock thing. Yeah, but I ended up in a sort of Deacon Blue sort of a thing. I didn't mind it. You know what it reminded me of? You didn't mind it. That's damning with faint praise. No, it's not. I didn't mean it to uh, be faint praise. Damn. You meant I loved situation. it. Situation. I I I didn't mind it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, it reminded me of of mid eighties David Bowie. Yes, I, that's what I was going for. Yeah. In an oven-proof dish. Stadium Bowie. Exactly, you know, weird inflections and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know Stadium what? Bowie. I tried to do Stadium Glass Bowie. Spider era. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. His nadir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do Stadium Bowie as well, funnily enough, because I thought it would it would suit the, the whole thing, but mm. I just, my voice just couldn't hack it. Mm. And then the other direction I went was Pink Floyd, like yeah. acoustic Pink Floyd. And, you know, do it like Roger Waters and put lots of kind of, you know, uh, without a lid. Let, can we hear it? Well, no, I didn't go that direction in the oh. end. The direction I went was kind of like uh, camp New York art punk, uh, a bit like Suicide and... Um, They're a band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone was talking about the band Bear Suit from uh, Norwich last yep. week. I've been listening to them, and there's a little bit of Bear Suit. I can't in there take now. much more of this build. I have to hear it. Okay, here it goes. Heating instructions from Frozen. Place the meatballs in an oven.
700 watts Place the meatballs in a bowl Without a lid Meatballs, meatballs Frozen, frozen Meatballs, meatballs They're frozen, frozen Meatballs, meatballs Frozen, frozen Meatballs, meatballs They're frozen, frozen year is it now uh because oh, uh, so much time is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know it was a is long it one. still 2007 it was a long one yeah sorry about that that's all right yeah what's changed in the world <laughs> that was just a proper no, that song was good man that was very good no it wasn't very good it, it was, was just, good it was uh, it was just long it was very long draining yeah i know there were lots of gaps <laughs> there was lots of negative space well that's what it's like but i'm naive about that school of music in so the, i don't uh, have the critical faculties to appreciate it perhaps i don't think anyone would <laughs> uh, I think we should move on rapidly. So there are the two tracks. You can start voting for them now, although, of course, the winner won't be announced until next week's show. Yeah, vote by email only. music at bbc.co.uk for Adam's song. They're both called Meatballs, so you'd just be voting for Adam's Meatballs song, the experimental kind of New York version, right? Yeah. Or Joe's uh, Meatballs song, the... the Stadium Bowie. Stadium Bowie, period, Meatballs song. <laughs> That was Weezer with uh, hash pipe. Yeah, disgraceful. It, it's just a bad idea to smoke hash browns. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, what but, kind of high would you get from hash browns? Well, what's in hash browns? Potato? Mainly potato. Maybe some bits of onion. Is that bubble and squeak? I don't know, maybe you I certainly could... shouldn't smoke bubble and squeak. No. But smoking hash browns is a bad idea as well. It's terrible. They'll bung up your pipes. Yeah, exactly. And Internally and externally. Hmm. Don't do it, kids. Just ignore the Weezer. Uh, this is Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. Uh, this is our third show here at the Big British Castle. Mm. We're still finding our feet. You know, we'll be finding our feet for about uh, three more months. Yeah. Just to let you know. Um, so, you know, bear with us. Then we'll have an amazing period. That look like one show will be amazing. Yeah, maybe two or three. Two or three. Then we'll start on the on the downward. On the slow, slip, slippery slope decline. Exactly. So, you know, uh, that's something to look forward to. Here's a bit more music. This is a band called Editors. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. Not The Editors. Editors. Only a jerk would call them The Editors. Where are they from? Um, well, they're British. Are they British? Yeah, I always have them as editors in my head because of because Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe. The only person I've ever heard saying their name is Zane Lowe. Yeah. Editors. Editors. And he says he didn't... Where's Zane Lowe from? Uh, he's from New Zealand, I think. There you go. Yeah. Editors. So here's the editors with racing with that's not <laughs> what accent is that? I don't know. Here's the editors with the racing rats. Music. This is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music. It's Saturday morning. Before that exciting trail you heard editors with the racing rats. They've uh, titled that song as a kind of uh, man trap for DJs. Why? Because there's no the on editors, right. but there is a the on the racing rats. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're trying to trip us up. I know exactly. Like, make your mind up. Do you hate these or not? Do they hate the word the? Yeah. Yeah. 
and you cl- you would think that they do hate it. I need to talk. I want to talk. I actually want to talk to them about that. You know, he goes out with Edith Bowman, right? Does he? So we can get to him. We could get it's to him. It's perverse. And he's causing a lot of unnecessary anxiety for DJs. Yeah, exactly. Sort your life out. But what a track. Great track. What a track. Great track. Yeah, so I wonder if anybody this week watched uh, one of my favourite TV programmes, Dragon's Den. Hey, man, I watched that. Did you watch it? I bet you're going to talk about that lady, right? I'm going to talk about the lady, and I'm assuming that lots of radio stations have talked about the lady. I imagine (laughs) breakfast shows the next morning were buzzing about the lady. If you didn't see it, folks, uh, you know, Dragon's Den is a show where... Uh, entrepreneurs come and pitch ideas to some kind of panto-style business entrepreneurs. Millionaires. Millionaires who fly in jets and eat golden toothpaste. Nuggets. Nuggets. Um, Anyway, this week there was a lady who'd written a book called Dance of the Goblins. It was a sort of epic fantasy novel, and she was a sort of a a, a mystic stone-wearing sort of goth lady. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a touch of the Julie T. Wallace from Life's and Loves of a She-Devil. There was. She had a sort of distant slightly demented look in her eye but mm-hmm. was that the the dementia of genius or the dementia of madness she was, it was a, hard to tell she was very nervous as well wasn't she, she was nervous who wouldn't be when faced by those dragons <laughs> they're so <laughs> scary one of them runs a company that makes pants that's how scary they are anyway she was very nervous she'd bought in uh, her book and basically the entrepreneurial idea she was pitching was to make a movie out of her book and she decided to circumvent the usual process of filmmaking you know going to production companies and studios and writing scripts and all that sort of stuff she decided to do it all off her own back yeah she was just going to go to the dragons get some startup capital and just make the movie completely independently she was going to produce it she was gathering together the crew and amongst the people she'd gathered together was an actor whose name she wouldn't divulge that's right she said it was a famous a uh, top star. It was a big-name actor. Yeah, yeah. She gave two clues as to who this actor... Well, she gave one big clue as to who the actor was. Uh, she said he was in Pirates of the Caribbean and Phantom of the Opera. So, I imagine 90% of people watching reached for their laptops. Yeah. And went online. Did you, Adam? Uh, only because I couldn't... I didn't because I couldn't get a... Uh, you what? You didn't have access? Didn't have no Wi-Fi in well, the there you go. room. There, well, I did. Yeah. And me and the rest of the country... Uh, looked at IMDb for those two films, and it was soon became apparent that it's the actor Kevin McNally. Kevin... Now, he's not a big star, McNally. Uh, he's done one or two films, The Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. The Long Good Friday. He's been around for a while, but he's not... This woman had pledged him a million pounds. <laughs> right. She said that he was a big star, and he was going to get paid a million pounds in, yes. in gross, like, profit points. She said... Uh, uh, she said that... Was it profit points or that was up front though, wasn't it? Because she no, was no, saying pro- to profit the, points. I think I understood that she was saying to the dragons, mm. I'm gonna need like uh, a million and a half quid and a million of that is going straight to the actor. I'm not sure, I can't remember. I think she said it was points. Because because uh, the, the way I understood it, I thought I thought he was going to get uh, the money up front. That's why they were so outraged. That would be terrible. And they were saying, you're insane. I mean, he must be a really big actor and you can't even tell us his name. And I was thinking, like, he, this guy, whoever he McNally. is. McNally. So my questions are, first of all, the interesting thing was, by the next day, uh, Kevin McNally's Wikipedia entry had been updated. Oh, really? With his involvement in Dance of the Goblins. Yeah. That's pretty good for Wikipedia, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, also, I think sales of Dance of the Goblins must have gone up. Surely. Uh, and I'm now quite interested in seeing the film. 
Yeah. I think the country's quite interested in seeing the film. Well, that's exactly what my wife said. She said, wouldn't it be great if she made the film, it turned out to be an absolute smash, and they... And the dragons were sussed. Yeah, the dragons were sussed, and that clip would haunt them for the rest of their lives, the way they, uh, treated her. Mm -hmm. Well, they're already things that the dragons have poo-pooed, uh -huh. that they've plop-plopped, pop-popped, mm. have gone on to be smash hits. Right. Like the man who made the fan of wedges for, uh, restaurant tables. You know, a wobbly cafe table. Oh, yeah. And you have a little fan of wedges. Brilliant. And he's now a, a, a multi-pounder is he yeah genius Rasta uh, pasta anyway kevin mcnally what are you playing at right he's going round uh making deals with kind of amateurs mm -hmm. raising their hopes no what i was what i was thinking what i was thinking is because you know what i was thinking what? you could do the same well uh, you've had small parts in stardust yeah. and hot fuzz That's and right son of rambo as yet unreleased mm -hmm. you could start doing that i think every actor is approached to be in all kinds of projects mm -hmm. and generally you would say yes and especially if it's a small production you would do everything within your power to help them out you know what i mean mm. um but i was thinking but, but if you're approached for something that you don't necessarily want to be in mm. one good way of getting out of it is by inflating your price ludicrously and i bet you he was thinking man i'm gonna i'm gonna price myself out of this uh, well it's situation. backfired hasn't it because <laughs> now everyone reckons he's the star of dance of the gnomes <laughs> hey listen here's a track chosen by adam this has been a long link so we better tell you about this track after it but who's this by uh this is by a band called 17 evergreen and i really hope you enjoyed it sounds very much like stephen malkmus but uh, none the worse for that it's called haven't been yourself lately <laughs> It's Outcast with Prototype. If you were going out with Big Boy or Andre, Andre 3000 mm -hmm. and he said that to you, that uh, you might not be the one, but even if you're not the one, you're the prototype. Right. Would you be flattered by that as a woman? Yeah. Yeah? He's good looking. Both of those guys are good looking. Yeah, but he's saying he might chuck you for something similar to you but maybe with one or two improvements it's good enough man it's good enough isn't it yeah you get your go yeah what's wrong you, yeah exactly before that you heard a track that i chose for you called seven uh called haven't been yourself lately by a band called 17 evergreen uh, that was also a nice laid-back track for a saturday morning and incidentally if you can be bothered there's a great video for that track uh on youtube just type in 17 evergreen you should find it by a video making outfit called encyclopedia pictura and you should check out their website as well because their stuff is amazing it's mind-blowing they've check, got check, a, check it out, a yeah? truly individual video making style now i, I talk like a young person have you noticed that i don't understand what you're saying Adam. i'm fine of you i think you're gonna stab me or download me i will be if you diss my chips yes okay it's time to go back in time now to 1984 the year of um mm, big brother now well <laughs> and all that kind of business yeah yeah and uh this is a session track by the smiths have mm. you heard of the smiths never heard of them. they've got a sort of a grumpy lead singer with a quiff that lives in la called right. morrissey lots of japanese girls uh, really fancy him and this is a track called how soon is now and it was recorded for the peel sessions uh on radio one on the first of august 1984 bbc six. music classic bbc session track 
bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. She said slash podcasts. She's a naughty lady. <laughs> this is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music. Before that trail, you heard the Smiths with a session track recorded for John Peel on the 1st of August 1984 called How Soon Is Now. You might have heard that before. It's one of their big smasheroons. You know, it was used on a jeans advert. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, when, we, when that track was out, I remember when we were at school... Mm. That was a favourite track of uh, some of the Bully Boys. Well, you know, the Bully Boys bullied me, but I bought that track yeah. on 12-inch. Yeah. Maybe to show that I was cool as well. You know, bullies often like good music. Mm, well, bullies are, are, are conflicted, aren't they? Yeah. They're not angry with you, they're angry with themselves. You know, because the Nazis, they were into some good music. Were they? Yeah, Wagner, that kind of stuff. Mm, fair enough. It's good stuff, but uh, they were bullies. Mm. You know? What's your point? I don't know. Good. Also, I remember some of the bullies at school used to be into music that I scorned at the time, mm. and now I love it. Jesus and Mary Chain. Actually, I never got into the Jesus and Mary Chain. I was thinking mainly of Van Morrison. Some of the hippie bullies. Oh, they weren't bullies. They were just confused. They were. Bu- they bullied they me. They were just tired. They were bullying me. They were overtired. There's a difference <laughs> between being a bully and being overtired. That's because true, you've been it? up late listening to hippie music, smoking rollies. Nation's favourite feature. Yes, please. Text the nation. Text. Text. Text the nation. What if I don't want to? Text the nation. But I'm using email. Is that a problem? It doesn't matter. Text. Oh, that's got the stench of tea time about it. What are you talking about? It sounds like something from, uh, 15 to 1. Yeah, that's true. Or, uh, can I have a pee, please, Bob? What was that called? Blockbusters. Blockbusters. It sounds, you know, a sort of tea- like a tea time sound. Quiz. Tea time quiz sound. Yeah. Which is appropriate because it is a sort of a tea time quiz, because it's Saturday morning, time for tea, and it's a quiz. But it's not a quiz. It's not a quiz. It's in no way a quiz or a competition of any kind. No, that's true, that's true. Uh, Because if it were, we would immediately be vaporised. And in fact, the other inaccuracy about it is we're not asking you to text this week, because uh, this show's pre-recorded. Shh, don't tell anyone who's just tuned in. Yeah. Because they can believe that it's live. But it's actually pre-recorded, and we won't receive, we simply will not receive your texts. No, it's it's a, it's a, uh, temporal impossibility. Do you know what I mean? Unless, unless you had invented some kind of time-shifting mm. device. It's possible, with our calibre of listeners. Yeah. But, you know, we set this feature up in last week's show. We asked you to send us in examples of childhood misconceptions, things that you got wrong about the world when you were a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. Adam, you were talking about how you believed until quite recently that Concorde travelled at the speed of light. Not until quite recently. Well, how recently? Well, I was in my teens, mm-hmm. and uh, I was around 14, still believing that Concorde travels at the speed of light. Yeah. Which was a little humiliating, and I got in an argument and was, of course, sussed all over the shop about it, because it travels at the... or it travelled at the speed of sound. Mm. Eh! I believed when I was a kid that uh, Bob Dylan and Dylan Thomas were the same people. Yeah. Yeah, which that's not that far-fetched, is it? They're both kind of shambolic, crazy-haired poets. I think, uh... My parents had a seven-inch of a Bob Dylan uh, poem. No, uh, uh... You see, it's still happening. Yeah, yeah. My parents had a seven-inch of a Dylan Thomas poem. Mm -hmm. So I assumed that he was a singer. Right. Bob Dylan, Dylan Thomas, easy mistake to make. I thought that temping agencies distributed tampons. Right. Temp, tamp, tampon, temping. Uh I thought that the girl on the... On the Kelly Girl advert on the side of the bus, walking confidently down a, a street in in a trouser suit jacket, was confident because she was well padded, nice on her under areas. <laughs> 
and uh, just these are just examples listeners uh i when i when my mum took me for the first time to wimbledon common i was terrified that i'd encounter a womble terrified yeah not excited well i had no idea how big they'd be yes because in the on the telly they're they're the size of giant people Mm -hmm. it would it just blew my mind because i was literally expecting a womble you know and i thought well will it really be all felty or you know had you not seen them on top of the pops playing remember you're a womble yes therefore i believe they existed okay i just didn't understand what they'd be like yeah because i knew that when adults turned uh, animals into children's things they made them soft and cuddly mm-hmm. so i thought what what would a real womble oh be like? i see yeah you know like scaly and it's stinking breath think <laughs> it's coarse <laughs> hair rubbish as everyone knows wombles are actually just tramps <laughs> yeah who collect rubbish eco tramps man they were eco-tramps, way ahead of the curve exactly. with the eco so anyway thank you to everybody who's emailed in over the last week with their childhood misconceptions do you want a couple here from our listeners adam yeah i'd love to hear some okay this is from rachel kiddy she says, Dear Adam and Joe, when I was 24, I was in the doctor's surgery waiting room when a little boy came up to me and asked what was wrong. I said I had the flu. I asked him what was wrong with him, and he said he had German measles. I laughed at his sweet little mispronunciation and kindly informed him that he'd meant to say germs and measles. <laughs> his mum then shook her head gently and told me that no, he was right. I thought germs and measles made much more sense, as in, oh, I've got germs and measles and all sorts. Ooh, I'm in a terrible way. I got German measles, you know. 24, she was. 24. That's pretty good, Rachel. That's great. Here's another one. (laughs) Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. This is from Scott Spencer. When I was around six years old, I was taken to the park by my slightly older uncles. The three of them must have been between 11 and 16 years old. For an impressionable child like myself, this was a very exciting experience. It was the first time I'd been in the park after dark, unaccompanied by an adult. In the park, we met a group of my uncle's friends who were introduced to me as Dex's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I'll spare you the details, but we messed about and did the kinds of things you'd expect kids to get up to in a park at night with no adults around. From this point on, I was convinced I'd met Dex's Midnight Runners in the park at the end of my road. Whenever anybody mentioned Dex's, I'd relate the story of how I'd met them. It seemed to me totally credible. To back this up, they did live kind of locally to me in Birmingham. It was dark but I'm sure they were wearing dungarees. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until I was well into my 20s that I began to question the truthfulness of my introduction. Yam yam, my uncles had given me. I began to doubt it was Dex's Midnight Runners that I'd met that night. There you go. Well, is is he absolutely sure it wasn't? Well, I think it probably couldn't have been, right? I don't know. When he was around six, he doesn't tell us how old he is now. That's a strange lie to ch- tell to a child. No, it's just the kind of thing you would, uh, I can see that happening. Because <laughs> yeah. as adults, you're perfectly c- comfortable with um, speaking in terms of analogy and metaphor and just oh, introducing right. a friend as, oh, this is um, Margaret Superman. Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, Superman. Yeah. As a kid, what? <laughs> Superman? <laughs> That's good. So there's a couple. We've got lots more coming up, but maybe we should have some music first. Uh, yes, this is a track from the Go Team. Uh, it's called Wrath of Maris, and it's out on the 26th of November. It's from their album, Proof of Youth. Check it out. They sound like a kind of charming youth orchestra, don't they, the Go Team? Yeah, that was the Go Team with a track called Wrath of Maris. Um, I've noticed something pop-culturally, Adam. What? And it's something I am calling primary school chic. Right. Yeah. I've coined that phrase. Yeah. And it's spreading through the media like wildfire. It's mm-hmm. evident in that Go Team track. It's also evident in almost every commercial on TV. Yeah. The latest thing seems to be to get a group of trendily dressed 
young adults mixed with children and have them engaged in some kind of street art kind of collective art performance oh yeah like there's one advert where a whole bunch of people roll multicolored ribbons out of windows and down streets you've seen that one seen that one there's the orange ones where the stupid gypsy mental woman makes does the sort of cardboard cutout caravan show have you seen that one with <laughs> yeah. like clouds on strings there's another one where a whole family of idiots creates giant telephones out of furniture and stuff have you seen that one <laughs> yeah. and there's another there's another one but this like all adverts seem to be about like community groups getting together and doing something kind of fey and arty and pointless in the streets there's some idents for channel five where they shoot them from above and it's loads of people making the shape of like a mm. person walking along mm. you know what i mean uh they're all holding it's all hands. about working together mm-hmm. it's all about the environment yeah. all these key buzzwords and it's also about buying stupid rubbish right mainly mm-hmm. buying rubbish but you know it would be wrong for me to um you know include the go team in that kind of thing because they're not a cynical bunch of advertisers they're artists exactly. and they've merely been purloined by that uh, dreadful advertising movement um but there we go uh, the go team with roth of maris this is adam and joe on bbc six music uh, it's time for some more music this time from the pigeon detectives this is called i found out <laughs> go that's the pigeon detectives with i found out that's being re-released on the 12th of november because the first time it came out you idiots didn't realize that it was amazing it just totally went in one ear and out the other but in the interim you found out that there you're, you're being given a second chance yeah. by record buying public this think is, yourselves lucky yeah this is your last chance if you don't make a hit now then it's just your stupid fault do you think uh, have bands re-released singles more than once uh yes yeah yeah very very famous ones have yeah i guess like after years but but you mean as an attempt to make it into a hit yeah a band that just will not give up like they won't accept the truth every three months they just re-release the same same song (laughs) why not just use that as an approach to the whole industry come on public adverts will just get bigger and bigger yeah marketing spend larger and larger they should do that with films i guess it's not financially practical is it no it isn't <laughs> but there we go the pigeon detectives they've had a brilliant summer uh s- loads of s- smashing performances at festivals that's a word young people use isn't it smashing smashing yes they do, yeah, yeah and they've done really well and <clears throat> well done and all that stuff now we're in the middle of text the nation even though we're not accepting texts only emails uh, and the subject this week has been misconceptions as a child things that you kind of got wrong-headed when you were a kid <clears throat> A couple of the ones that I had, I've talked about this before, but the phrase, going through it with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. Uh, now, I, like many people, um, Is believe... this to do with toothed and tooth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like many Is that people... a misconception or just something you don't, don't, didn't, didn't sort of know the truth about? Same thing, really. Well, I, I thought they were, I thought it was a fine-tooth comb. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I, I... And what was a, what's a tooth comb? Uh, yeah, it's like, what, what, what is, how, why do you need a comb for your teeth? And many people still say it today. You know, I'm going through it with a fine tooth comb. Really? Mm-hmm. You're using a tooth comb there. And of course, the real phrase is, Toothed. it's a fine toothed comb, yeah. Toothed. 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 Here's one from Matt Garner. Thanks for emailing Matt. Um, he says, hey, good to hear you back on the radio. Hey, thanks, Matt. Hey just heard your plea for misconceptions for next week's show and this isn't one of my i don't know why i'm reading (laughs) your email in this voice matt i'm going to continue it's not one of my own but i can pass on something my wife let slip the other day 
I'm going to stop the voice now. It was only when watching a recent Nigella Lawson TV programme in which La Lawson made honeycomb as a gift for the hosts of a dinner party she was to attend that my wife realised that honeycomb, of the type one finds in crunchy bars, etc., is not in actual fact a bee-derived product. <laughs> Apparently, she had wondered how the bees made it so small. <laughs> That's good. Now, if I caught my girlfriend making a, uh, like, a miss, whatever it is, conception like that, I'd be very happy. But somehow for one's wife to do it, mm. to be married and for that to happen, isn't that must be extra brilliant. Yeah. That must be quite a good, uh, you know, get a bit of ammunition. Exactly. You can, you can get a couple of years of teasing out of that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I had when I was younger was, uh, I lived in Wales for a time, okay? And... In the morning, we would all say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art at in At school, heaven. you mean? Yeah. Not yeah. in your house? No, at no. school. You weren't like Carrie White? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. Um, and we would all say the Lord's Prayer, and it would be, you know, uh, mainly in a Welsh accent, because most of the students were Welsh. And so, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, and Is that the Welsh? And, yes. And the head boy at that point in this little primary school where I was was called Alad, right? And I thought that we were saying, Our Father who art in heaven, Alad be thy name. Because I, I, I was like, whoever gets to be head boy, they get their name inserted into the Lord's Prayer. Wow. For like massive Jesus props. And I was thinking, I wish that was me. I wish I could be head boy. Our Father who art in heaven, Adam be thy name. Yeah. <laughs> thy kingdom come i was thinking then i'd be the king and of course i was gutted to find out that uh it was no such thing it was always wow Halloween. so it's actually saying that that would be god's name isn't it yeah it was basically so you thought that god took the name of whoever the head boy of yeah or, or the head boy becomes divine in some way wow rob lived in a box by the rails of Wow, that's amazing. That was the Teardrop Explodes with Reward, the yeah. Sam Joe on BBC Six Music. That's just got me all fired up. It was exciting. They're a great band. Yeah. And what a terrific name. Uh-huh. Capturing a, 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 a tiny moment there. It was from a comic book, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, there you go. Uh, this is Adam and Joe here on Six Music uh, from the Big British Castle, the BBC. Yes, it's our new Saturday morning show. Uh, now, if you're podcast fans, and uh, maybe you listen to one of the podcasts we did for previous uh, bad radio stations, um, then uh, we should let you know that we are working on doing a podcast of this show. Uh, we're talking to people at BBC Worldwide. Uh, it will be a free podcast, mm -hmm. and at the moment we're thinking about doing kind of like a, a fortnightly digest, right? Yeah, I think that's the idea. Mm -hmm. Like a digest, but with extra new stuff as well. Yeah, it'll have new stuff in it, but, you know, uh, be patient because the longer we leave it, the higher quality it'll be. The more nutritious yeah, it'll be. exactly. Now, we're in the middle of uh, Text the Nation, which this week, of course, is Email the Nation, as this show is pre-recorded. <clears throat> but just pretend it's live, it's fine. Uh, and we were asking you for your childhood misconceptions, stuff that you believed as a child that you now realise was stupid. Um, are you ready for some more, Adam? Yes, please. Yes, please. This is from uh, Imogen in Cambridge. She says she's a long-time Adam and Joe Show podcast listener. Oh, I'm sorry That's to hear this, isn't it? Uh, childhood misconceptions. My sister used to get confused between Michael Jackson and John Major. Michael Jackson and John Major. I think the reason was they both have J and M in the initials. <laughs> 
She said that she must have been at least under ten because the prime minister was still John Major during that time. That's very bizarre, isn't it? Strange. Do you know who I think John Major looks very like? Who? Mark Hamill. You're right. If there was uh, a young uh, a film and you needed kind of like a young John Major, it mm -hmm. doesn't work tight because they're probably about similar ages, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Mark Hamill would have been a brilliant choice in the late 70s to play a young John Major. That's true. Well, are you talking pre- or post-car uh, crash, Mark Hamill? Uh, well, a car crash happened between Star Wars and Empire, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so, well, I don't know, because part of the thing is, is the top lip that mm -hmm. makes him look like John Major, and maybe that was slightly um, damaged in the crash. Yeah, there you so go. So I don't know there, Adam. Oh, uh, Interesting uh, yeah. little point there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another one youthful misconceptions a friend of mine lucy this is from andrew davy uh, in chester a friend of mine lucy got a song lyric very wrong when they were young they thought that a particular song had the lyrics it's my party and i'll cry if you want me to mm -hmm. uh, as a result she would go up to her friends at parties and say would you like me to cry because she thought it might be etiquette no she did not i don't believe that one do you don't know <laughs> read it out didn't i <laughs> here's one from simon hello when i was young and lived in west bromwich i used to get confused whenever my auntie said she was going to the market in walsall i always thought she was going to warsaw in poland instead <laughs> <laughs> you know i i used to have a tough time with uh w when people would say say when and i didn't understand if i was supposed to say that's fine thank you or if i was supposed to actually say when right because I was thinking, like, why well, you wouldn't say the actual word when, because that doesn't make any sense. But what? I, uh... So sometimes I would just not say anything and, until, like, the, and people would just carry on saying, say when. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tricky <laughs> situation there. We got some quite strange ones, to be honest. Yeah. Craig in Rettel says, I used to think that dilute to taste on the side of squash bottles meant that it went out of date in July. That's just a complete non sequitur. Dilute to taste. John Packham from Hartlepool says, Up until the age of 34, I believe that if I unscrewed my belly button, my bum would fall off. But you know what? They're just silly, those ones. Yeah, they're And ludicrous. I'm not going to read them out. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, it's time for more music. This is one of your choices, Adam, isn't it, Mr. Clarinet? What is this? Some kind of new children's record? Well, no, we were talking about uh, music that the bullies enjoyed earlier on. Right. This was one that the bullies loved. They loved the birthday party. That was uh, Nick Cave's, ah. one of Nick Cave's early bands, if not his mm -hmm. first band. And uh, this is an, a, a track that I came to very late on in life. Uh, only just heard it, well, a couple of years ago, actually, on one of the Rough Trade uh, box sets. But it's a smash. Hope you enjoy it. It's called Mr. Clarinet by the Birthday. It's kind of a bit nutty there at the end. Someone was trying to kickstart a moped during that, weren't they? It's kind of an enjoyable gothic cacophony there from Nick Cave and uh, the Birthday Party. Certainly one of the songs that made me into a caveman. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay, then. This is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music. It's our Saturday morning show. Uh, we're going to wrap up our uh, Text the Nation, which, of course, it isn't Text the Nation this week because um, we're uh, reading emails that you sent to us during the week. Here's one from Bill, who's aged 37 and a half, in Derby in the UK. And this, Adam, is, I think, a misconception that you had until very recently. <laughs> one of many. Hi, lads. One of mine was that I didn't realise that the Republic of Ireland was not a part of the UK until I was about 20. 
that's a badly constructed sentence with hilarious ambiguity, but I can't be bothered to rewrite it. You know what I mean, though. The realisation that it was an entirely separate political entity really twisted my box up. I just never thought to question it. It was obviously part of the UK. It's part of the British Isles, after all. Now, I believe that you had oh, some yeah. Ireland problems as well. No, I did. I think we had, had a bit same. of an argument about it on a plane once. Did we? Yeah, luckily there was someone there to back me up. I, s- <laughs> I screened that one out of my memory box. <laughs> I think it was either that you thought the whole of Ireland was British. That's right. I, d- I don't think you realise that Ireland was its own country, its own nation-state. Is it absolutely necessary <laughs> to bring this up? Yeah, <laughs> because, because p- you know, some little bit of me is really happy. Yeah, of course It's it getting is. its revenge. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So there we go. <clears throat> Here's another one. Uh, oh, that one's a bit tricky. I don't think I can read that out. It's to do with the, the disease AIDS and a misconception about that, and it's just not bluff enough for a Saturday morning. <laughs> you can't say that. All right, then. Dear Adam and Joe, as a young child in the late 80s, I was undoubtedly not alone in being scared witless by the television campaign for AIDS awareness. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's nothing funny about the AIDS virus, but it's likely that a few others misunderstood the information supplied to safeguard oneself against the disease in the same way that I did. As I remember, a lot of emphasis was placed on the possibility of transferring the illness by sharing a toothbrush. However, at the time, I understood this to mean that by sharing a toothbrush, you created the virus. <laughs> I remember being at cub camp and jumping onto the back of a fellow cub who had accidentally picked up my toothbrush thinking it was his. He thought it would be fun to hold onto the toothbrush and keep it out of my reach. I thought I was saving him from the AIDS virus. <laughs> As I hung on and tried to grab back my toothbrush, the little legs of my fellow cub gave way. He fell. His face collided with the communal sink of the cub camp toilets. While he went to hospital to have the retina reattached to his left eye, no. Akela and me had a little chat about AIDS. Arkela. And about Arkela and about how I had done little to protect the health of my friend. That's from Peter Green in Saffron Walden. Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. Uh, you know, notice how I just, uh, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of the fact that you didn't know how to pronounce Arkela. I just glossed over it. That's a person's name, though. It could be pronounced the way I said it. No, it couldn't. There's no, <laughs> okay. it's no possible way. He's got a little PS, though, as well here. He says that, um, as a child, I thought that Roy Castle of Kids TV programme Record Breakers and celebrated trumpet player had lost his hair because he blew his trumpet too hard. <laughs> well, that might be true. But uh, the whole toothbrush sharing thing i don't think you can get aids from sharing a toothbrush anyway so he was wrong on all those counts but uh my commiserations especially to the <laughs> chap who lost his retina you sound proud that you can confidently say he's wrong yeah 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 <laughs> good well am i going to find out that you can get it from sharing no a no 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 you're right it's wrong that is definitely wrong okay. um a couple more or is that it yeah, go on. Hit me with one more. Okay. Hi, Adam and Joe. This is from Dawn Wilson from Western Australia, brackets, the home of evil. <laughs> why is it not sure why she's put that in, but there we go. Uh, I remember as a child looking at photographs of the Earth from space and imagining that we lived inside it and that the outer edge of the sphere, which I now know to be the Earth's surface, was the sky that we look up at. Yeah. This memory came flooding back to me the other day when my seven-year-old daughter commented that we live inside the Earth when she looked at a globe of the world. That seems to me quite a, a, a lovely misconception. Yeah, that is. That's nice and poetic. Of, of, of a dreamer. Oh, she uh, she's saying that it's the home of evil because last week we were talking about me doing the Australian satanic preacher guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So that's a lovely one, Dawn and Robert, whoever which one of you thought that. Dawn, thanks for sending that in and thanks to everybody who texted us with their childhood misconceptions. No, didn't text us, emailed us during the week. We'll have another superb Text the Nation next week. Yeah, we're going to let you know what the subject is before the end of this show, so you can start getting your... I said it was superb. 
Well, I what's think wrong that's... with superb? Yeah, that's the kind of thing DJs do, isn't it? They call their own segment superb. Listen. It's acceptable on the radio, that kind of <laughs> casual, <laughs> wrong self-aggrandizement. <laughs> got a we'll have up. another disastrous kind of stumbly uh, text the nation next week. You've got to big up yourself, man. That's what it's all about. Right, what have we got now? Uh, we've got a, a new band. We think they're new because we haven't heard of them. They're called Glass Vegas, a brilliant conjunction of the of Glasgow and Vegas. Yeah, exactly, because the lead singer feels that the Glaswegian accent has its own kind of Hollywood poetry. Glamour. You know? Yeah. And glamour. This is a track called Daddy's Gone. Oh, oh, have you Neat, 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 by the damned there. This is Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. Man, this morning we're playing nothing but music that was listened to by people we didn't like when we were young. That's true, that was another favourite with the bullies, wasn't it? Yeah, with the naughty bullies. And their winkle picker shoes. Yeah, Adam and I were sort of soft theatrical types at school, and our lives were made a misery by tougher... Uh, kids. Mainly your life, actually. Mainly my <laughs> life, yeah. Who smoked and wore winkle pickers and listened to scary music. Uh, yeah. And they've um, all turned out to be very nice, though. That's the thing absolutely. about bullies, you know, is that if you, uh, if you just give them about ten years, they, they generally shape up. Yeah. Exactly. They're um, upset with themselves more than they are you. Yeah, that's right. That's what I didn't realise at the time. Listen, two more quick childhood misconceptions, all right? Two more quick ones. Yeah, this is from our Text the Nation feature. And, uh, yeah, let's polish it off with these two. Yeah? Okay, this is from Michael Smith in Norwich. He says, I was watching Police Academy the other day, and for the first time ever, I realised that Sergeant Lavelle Jones, the actor Michael Winslow, doesn't actually do all of those crazy sound effects from out of his mouth. Wait a second. Well, exactly. I felt broken. I'm not sure about it, though. Maybe he really did. Did he? <laughs> Thanks, Michael Smith. So, this isn't a childhood misconception. This is something that uh, Michael and Adam Buxton are still struggling with. Did Sergeant Lavelle Jones from Police Academy really make those noises? Well, obviously, yes. Why? Because you think that if he didn't, it would just be cheating. Well, yes, what's the point otherwise? Well, you could equally say, like, what's the point in pretending that... Uh, you know, David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear if it It's didn't. a bit different. Come on. If the guy's whole stock in trade is the fact that what he if, can mangle his okay, voice to what make if, amazing what if sounds. They, what if they discovered uh, there was an actor with this capability, uh, they wrote him into the script, but then to make some plot points work, he had to do some sounds that he couldn't actually do. So in early scenes, he's really doing them. <laughs> but by the climax of the film, when it comes down to gunshots right. to chase the gangs away, remember? Yeah. Or uh, megaphone... You know, feedback. Maybe they pop some foley in. I mean, it's it's true, obviously, that they would have had to re-record a lot of stuff anyway because they couldn't have used the original right. sound. But yeah. I would think but that it would they still would... be him making the noise exactly. in an yeah. ADR booth. That's right. You can't fake that kind of stuff. The we... police academy <sighs> scandal. That would take the whole franchise down. We Surely, yeah, we don't. We can't answer that for you, Mike. Get off, come on that I, one. I would say. In my long uh, experience in the movie business, having made all the films I have, um, I would say that it's probably a mix of the two. Mix of the two. Yeah. Well, listen. I wouldn't put it past them. Who is that message from? Michael Smith in Norwich. Listen, Mike, I'm with you. I'm heartbroken. There's his number, actually. I'm going to uh, yeah. give him a call. Do you we'll have a drink it. and cry <laughs> together. Make Here's another noises. quick one. This is from Dawn Wilson. Oh, no, hang on. It's the wrong one. That, don't read oh, Dawn no, Wilson's one. That was again. Here we entirely go. pornographic. <laughs> Ross in Edinburgh. He says, On my first day in college, at the age of 20, we were shown into a lecture theatre designed in the late 1970s. The carpet didn't stop at the edge of the floor, but went up the walls as well. 
I was just about to blurt out to my new friends that this must be what they mean by wall-to-wall carpeting, a phrase I'd heard as a child and never understood. That's fair The misconception had remained unchallenged in my brain for all those years. I'll tell you one final misconception from me, right? Uh, this was quite a humiliating one. Until I was about 13, or maybe 14 again. 14 was a momentous year. A lot of things were explained to me, finally. But I believed that it was possible for adults to procreate via asexual reproduction as well as sexual reproduction, i.e. Fertilise themselves. Exactly. So it was the choice of every woman whether she would reproduce uh, with, had made, this is with another a big person. This is to deal onto the table or or she could just you know if she wanted to have a baby she could just concentrate really hard and then she'd get one okay that's the cliffhanger we're going to have some music uh by the zombies she's not there and we'll come back to your mad misconception well no one told me about her. that was yet another favorite of the tough chaps when we were at school the tough chaps that was the psychedelic furs with president gases adam and joe on bbc six music president gas i know that's uh you know a president that's been eating badly he's got gas he talks nothing but gas exactly he's only interested in gas which is american for fuel Mm -hmm. which is oil that's all they all they care about that's right psychedelic furs hitting the nail on the head there absolutely that was my little uh, that was very good impression of rick buckler now before the top of the hour listeners uh adam revealed an extraordinary fact <laughs> that up until the age of 14 he believed that women were capable of asexual and sexual reproduction therefore could choose between mating with a man or somehow self uh pollinating mm-hmm. well, yeah. how would they do this how would they self-pollinate did you what, what? you would uh, you'd y- it would not always happen but there would be cycles and in the cycles? correct yeah what do you mean well you know like uh, lady cycles yeah lady cycles so you knew about lady cycles but you didn't know no about... no i didn't necessarily know <laughs> about lady cycles but i had some kind of notion that there was a cycle and so 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 at a certain time you'd wait for the right time and then you'd eat properly and uh, exercise and then you'd concentrate <laughs> really hard <laughs> And then, you, and then if you were very lucky... Are you just making this up? Uh, no, I swear to you, I well, thought you, this. You really thought that if a woman thought really hard, she could make herself... I, listen, I hadn't figured out all the details. All I knew... I, I was in a biology class when okay, all this actually this came out. this is what out. I was going to say. Yeah, this all came out in a biology class, right? And uh, we were talking about asexual reproduction in plants, and the teacher said, uh, you know, uh, is there any other kind of uh, species that uh, does reproduce asexually? And I put up my hand, and I said, yes, human beings. And everyone laughed, and uh, I said, what, 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 what's the big joke? And the teacher said, hey, human beings, human beings reproduce asexually, is that what you're saying? And I said, yeah, I mean, yeah. And uh, so then it was explained to me at humiliating uh, length that that was not the case, or human reproduction was necessarily sexual. And that was a shock to me, and also just embarrassing because i had assumed that my parents had reproduced asexually Mm. and then you know i had to go home and look my parents in the face and i just thought you are two absolutely revolting people (laughs) how could you how could you have done this uh you know i was obviously just a little bit backward about all matters sexual yeah and well you weirdly nowadays of course uh, women can reproduce <laughs> merely by... Well, you have to do a bit more than think about it. 
Yeah, you have to get some turkey basting equipment yeah. and uh, <laughs> and a willing participant. But you know, it's um, it's a shame. I still think it would be nice. Uh, I think women would agree. It would be nice if you had that option. Mm. You know, just to really eat right, uh, concentrate, and uh, <laughs> and then you're away. Jelly, maybe if you ate enough jelly babies, you reckon? Yeah. But then maybe you'd actually give birth a, to a jelly baby. Have a jelly baby. Man. That might be quite sweet. Sorry It'd to be go handy on, a, if you were hungry. on a little revolting tangent here for you, but I saw The Fly 2 the other day. The Fly 2 is a very good film. That Along is, with Amityville 2, it's one of my, f- and Superman 2, it's one of my favourite number twos. Well, that has a absolutely shocking birth scene. It's got a brilliant birth scene. At the yeah. beginning. Mm. Oh, it's superb. I mean, it's, it's. If anybody wants to come oh. to my house and watch a triple bill of Amityville 2. Uh, what was the other one I said? Superman, Superman 2. 2 <laughs> and <laughs> The Fly 2. <laughs> and while we're at it, I might stick The Exorcist 2 on as well. Well, this stuff got its Empire moments. Strikes Back, I guess, counts as a number two. Mm, it hasn't it? got the number two in the title. Fair enough. <clears throat> now, let's have some more music. This is Calvin Harris uh, with Colours. Now, I don't care what you dress like. Yeah. It's a little was, abrupt, uh, the ending there. Calvin Harris with he, colours, he got angry there and left. And he's a very tall man, and uh, tall people tend to do that. He's, it says here he has contributed two songs to the new Kylie album. He must be very, very pleased. Yes, is that a good thing? I don't yeah. know, who can tell? She's an icon, man. People think she's uh, one never, of the most important... I've never people. understood it. No, neither have I. never understood it. Anyway, this is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music. It's time to return to Song Wars. It's time for Song Wars, the war of the songs, a couple of tunes by a couple of prongs, so check it out. Yes, Song Wars is the segment of the show where we ask you to pick a theme and uh, then we both write songs on that theme uh, and the songs are, are battled against each other like a couple of musical Beatles. Uh, you kind of vote for them, vote for which one you like best. It was tough this week because not only were the lyrics not our own, uh, the whole point of this week's one was that they were suggested by uh, a listener, but also we didn't have as much time to create the songs as we normally would. We didn't have the full week because we're... Excuses, excuses. We're pre-recording this show. I I just finished mixing my tune, which you'll hear in a second, five minutes before I came into the studio. I offer no excuses for my tune. This is the best I could possibly do. Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, have we got our, our, our caller on the line? Hello, Tony. Hi there. Hey, now, Tony, uh, listeners, is the gentleman who suggested the lyrics for our songs this week. So, Tony, we asked you to um, come up with kind of found text, uh, like uh, the text that would be impossible to make sound like a good lyric. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, yes. Um, I was just making some IKEA meatballs in my kitchen, quite hungover at the time when I was at your show, and <laughs> looked down for me, and there it was. And it even had a title and bold for you. Don't know if you used it, of course, but there you go. So it was the uh, the instructions to a packet of meatballs, and uh, these are meatballs that you're quite familiar with. You know, you see these... Uh, yeah, I think there's something wrong with them. I can't seem to stop eating them. I'm really, not really pro or anti-meatballs per se, but... You're the sort the of addicted to them. Something special. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, so therefore, if we have imbued these words with meaning and passion, you're the man who <laughs> will be able to pick up on it, right? Well, either me or the uh, head of 
here, but you're probably I think, get a hold of me. I think you're the man. You're the you're the absolute ultimate arbiter of the quality of these songs. <laughs> you're Dicky Arbiter. So now, Tony, uh, I want you to listen to first of all Joe's track mm. and tell us what you think. Well, now okay. hang on, wait, wait. Okay. Let's let's let him let's let him listen to both tracks. We'll come back to you in between them, and then tell us what you think after both tracks. It's just more okay. dramatic. Okay, trust me. So here's my track, uh, Tony. Listen carefully to this one. Place the meatballs. 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 Place the at 700 watts Place the meatballs in a bowl without a lid And the heat at full power for four to five minutes Stir after half the time I said, stir the meatballs after half the time Come on Place the meatballs, eat the meatballs, stir the meatballs You love meatballs, we love meatballs Come on, meatballs <laughs> You're still there, Tony? Yes, yes. That's, that's a good sign. So there I was really trying to go for for, for some passion. I was tr- I was trying to go for kind of uh, a stadium rock feel. Um, I did like it. It sounds a bit like John Denver goes techno. It was very, very good. John Denver goes what? Techno. Goes disco. techno. Oh, disco. Sorry. Yes. Disco. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. All right, well, with no further ado, uh, we're going to play you Adam's track now. Oh, this is a bit of a marathon, this track. Sorry about yeah. that. Or it's, probably it's a, very long. I should call it a Snickers, maybe. But, uh, yeah, see what you think. Heating instructions from frozen. Place the meatballs in an oven proof dish and heat at two two five centigrade for about. sort of going for a, a sort of New York uh, art disco punk vibe there. You, you know? still there, Tony? Yeah, yeah, I really did like that. It sounds a bit like um, the guy out of B-52s. Exactly. 
ranting away there. Fred Schneider. That's the man, yes, yes. So it's a tough choice there, Tony. You must feel like Simon Cowell having to reject one of two of his own acts at the climax of a particularly exciting episode of The X Factor, do you? <laughs> My pants aren't that tight, so no, not really. Aren't they? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, yours is not the deciding vote, unfortunately, Tony, but, uh, but you can, he, he can have a major influence. Exactly. It would be interesting to see which way you're going to go. In a way, I... you're a collaborator with us. You know, you're a lyricist in, in, in our respective bands. Oh, uh, no, Ike here I've got intellectual property rights, I'm afraid. That's true, yeah, that's that true. true, actually. Well, well said. <laughs> Um, so, which, which, so, give us more opinion there, Tony. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go for Adam's, Joe. Nice. Because I thought it was, A, the better tune, and Adam is behind at the moment. Mm. Well, I, listen, well observed. Tony, I wish you hadn't said that last bit, because now Joe's gonna think it's all about <laughs> <a> sympathy. <laughs> no, you know what, I think Adam does, I think Adam has the more oh, okay, uh, original take on it. Right. I it's, do, it's I think... It's not a charity vote. It's not a charity vote. I, okay. I was saying... Was the best. I was aiming for Stadium Rock and I felt, at the end of the day, mine was a bit Deacon Bluey and it does go out of tune very badly <laughs> <laughs> towards the chorus. Uh, the bit I'm happy about is the way I say 15 minutes. Yeah. I think I'd declaim that with more importance <laughs> than necessary. Tony, thank you so much for proffering those lyrics. No problem. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, we okay. really appreciate it. Cheers, Tony. Good to talk to you. Yeah, have ha you. have a lovely rest of your Saturday. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, bye. Uh, lovely Tony Armstrong there talking to us. He provided us with our song lyrics for Song Wars this week. And, of course, you can vote for which track you think was the best throughout the week. You can hear those tracks on the Six Music website. If not immediately, then they will be up there in a few days' time. Uh, so next week we'll be able to tell you which one you thought was the winning track. But right now... Time for some real music. Uh, this is the king of real music, David Bowie, of course. This is in his Alone. in his uh, pre-Stadium Rock days. In fact, it's the peak of his powers, more or less. 1971. Here's Bowie recording Kooks for Bob Harris on Radio 1. Enjoy. Classic stuff there. It's David Bowie singing Kooks for Bob Harris's David. show. David! On Radio 1, that's in 1971 he was doing that. Yeah, the, uh, who would that have been on the bass there and singing the harmony? Do you know? Ah. Uh, you're, you're a Bowie expert. Who would who that, might that have, been? have been? Well, it probably a spider, I would think. One of the spiders. Um, although I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's, that we tests don't know. my Bowie knowledge. Beautiful, though. There we go. That was the first song I ever learned how to play on the guitar. Really? Yeah. Wowza. I learned how to play that for my wife. Bowie, when we uh, got married, I played that to her on our wedding day, and it was... Uh, you were there. I was there, yes. It was very emotional. <laughs> it was very yeah. emotional. It was a very set of emotional. wonderful mixture of, of um, poignance. Poignance? Is that a word? No, it's not, is it? Poignancy. Yes. Pro and, um, and embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, for all concerned. Uh, now, um, in just a second, I just started saying that before I even thought about what was happening just to, i just it was just a phrase i was falling back on in just a second it's <laughs> yeah. a very good phrase i'll, I'll pick that up for you buxton because that's the charm of a double act yeah we're going to be playing you rakes with we dance together another band that don't have a the they're just rakes yeah. apparently uh and in fact those couple of seconds have elapsed <laughs> so here it is rakes with we dance together <sighs> We dance together on the roof That's the sound of the Lemonheads, of course, with If I Could Talk, I'd Tell You. Before that, you heard a fantastic trail. Don't confuse it with modern music, it was a trail. Before that, you heard Baby Shambles with You Talk.
And uh, of course, if you were eagle-eared with the Baby Shambles track there, you would have heard a little cowbell opening that was an absolute rip of the beginning of Baggy Trousers by Madness. Mm. Maybe it was a conscious nod mm. from uh, mm. from the uh, delightful junkie to <laughs> <laughs> to Madness. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, folks, you're listening to Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. We're in the final hour of our show here this Saturday afternoon. Uh, even though, to be frankly honest with you, for us, it's Wednesday. We're pre-recording this program because at the moment I, Adam Buxton, am making my way back from Oxford where last night I was helping Radiohead with their webcast, which I will uh, tell you a little bit more about next week, perhaps. Uh, and I might tell you later on in this show a little anecdote connected with that. <laughs> but um, we, need your, we need some help from you uh, for next week's features, both Text the Nation and Song Wars. Joe, would you like to... Uh, Thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's deal with those features one at a time. And let's deal with Song Wars, um, because we would like you listeners to send us in a subject for next week's Song Wars. uh, And that subject is this. We'd like you to send in uh, the name and a character profile of a close friend of yours. It could be somebody you love or someone maybe you don't like. We'd like you to tell us their name. And say like uh, like seven or eight facts about them. Yeah. That we can then turn into the lyrics of a song about that friend. Exactly. As if we knew that person and we were writing about. You them. can give these songs to that friend as as a special prezi. Imagine. Imagine that. The joy that that would yeah. result in. Adam and who? <laughs> Six what? <laughs> yeah. Did what? That kind of thing. You could pretend it was Anton Deck. Yeah. So send in uh, the name of the friend and some facts about them that you think might make good lyrics. Uh, to adamandjoe.6music at bbc.co.uk. That's the uh, email address. Uh, send them in, you know, in the next few days, because we'll be writing this song uh, midweek next week. So yeah. send them in on the Monday or the Tuesday. Uh, and who knows, we could get you on the phone, you could be kind of helping to judge those songs next Saturday, and you could have two songs written by us for your best friend for nothing. <laughs> it's like a kind of pathetic service yeah. that we're providing, isn't it? Yeah, that's the idea anyway. You know, if no one emails in, we might have to change it. Uh, but that's the plan. Listen, man, we could always cheat. We could just pretend that someone is. This is the Big British Castle. There will be no deception of any kind. I'm sorry. The Big British Castle and the King of the Castle, who is... What's his name? I can't Mark remember. Thompson. Is it? Lord Thompson. He will not tolerate such scurrilous behaviour. No. Fair enough. Yeah, no, so, um... <clears throat> uh, and then the other thing we need your help with, hey, of course... Hey, man. What? Let's talk about that in the next link. Spread it all out, you mean? Yeah, spread it all out. Oh. For instance, right now, I say we hear some Reichsop and a track called Ippel. Ip- you're pronouncing it Apple, are you? Apple. I would pronounce it Apple. 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 Here it is, anyway. Let's see how they pronounce it. Apple. So he doesn't even say the. He doesn't. You know, we get no help from. The guy, as far as pronunciation goes... Call that music. Because it's all just wibbles and wobbles. Sounds like a computer malfunctioning. Uh, now, this is uh, Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. And now we're going to ask for yet more help with yet another feature. Next week's Text the Nation. That's right. Next week, uh, normal service will be resumed on Text the Nation. Um, but we'd like you to suggest... What, what do we want from them? We want you, the theme this week, or rather next week, will be 
What superpowers would you like? Superpowers, basically. Superpowers. What would your choice of superpowers be if you could have、mm. one? Like, you know, do you watch Heroes, Joe?、Uh, I watched a bit of Heroes, but word on the street is right. Series two, down the laugh. Bit of a stinker. Plummeting down the laugh. So I hear. Right, right, right. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I watched the whole of series one, struggled、mm. a little bit, I must say,、mm. and、uh, yeah, watched the first episode of, of series two and haven't bothered to return so far,、uh, just because there's a few too many of those chaps in Heroes with powers that are just rubbish and、What、not interesting. What sort of thing are you talking about? Well, let me see. There's one woman who has a split personality,、mm-hmm. so she looks in the mirror. Uh, but the thing is that the split personalities manifest themselves in a physical way. Do you know what I mean? So she's like a shapeshifter. It, yeah, like it's 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 hard to describe recently. It's not. It's but it's not as simple as being a shapeshifter because shapeshifting is a good power.、Mm. She always she's always herself. It's always herself. But sometimes it's her evil self, and sometimes or not. It's not even as straightforward as it being the evil self. It's like a feisty version of herself and a regular. It's just a bit rubbish. I'm confused. Yeah. What um what power would you have? Well, I, I can't tell you this week. We're going to find out、ah, next week okay, about okay. all the powers. But we want to know what powers you, the listeners, and what、have. what you would use it for. Exactly. Yeah.、Uh, so it, it can be a fairly conventional superpower like、uh, flight or、uh, jumping, or <laughs> that's the only other one I can think of offhand.、Uh, no, what are the classic powers? I mean, like X-ray la- vision, X-ray vision, flying, flying, jumping, stretching. Stretching. I mean, that's a bit of a stupid power, anyway.、Um, but you get, you get you get the picture. Yeah. So、uh, just email us. The email address once again is Adam and Joe at BBC. What is it? So wrong. Adam and Joe. Adam and Joe. Dot. <laughs> so wrong, said Joe. Six <laughs> music. So very wrong. At BBC. Co. Uk. Adam and Joe. Dot six music at. bbc.co.uk. That's A N D, not an ampersand, and the number six. Yeah. So yeah. please email us immediately with your、uh, suggestions. Oh boy. We'll collect them over the week and read out the best of those next weekend. Now it's time for a session track. This was recorded for the John Peel Show on Radio One、uh, on the twenty-fifth of September, nineteen seventy-seven. Wow. This is、uh, this is a track that features in the film、uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Don't know、mm. if you saw that. Will Ferrell. In there, and、uh, there's a little bit in that film where he decides that he's going to learn how to play the guitar, and this is the song that he learns how to play. But、it's, don't hold that against it. It's Reckless Eric with Whole Wide World. <laughs> I love King Creosote, and that's、uh, called Home in a Sentence.、Uh, it was released on the fifth of November.、Um, uh, yeah, and before that, you heard a session track. Uh, Reckless Eric with Whole Wide World, and this has been Adam and Joe here on Six Music on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Now next weekend I will、uh, tell you a little bit more about my experience with the mighty Radiohead,、uh, with whom I was doing a little bit of work last night. As you're、mm. listening to this,、mm. uh, and last weekend. I made the mistake of actually mentioning that I was doing this at all. It, Why was that a mistake? It was supposed to be a secret. How are they? So, so you basically blew the lid on the whole thing, yeah, without asking permission. Big mouth. Because I didn't realise. No one said anything to me、no. about it being well, a secret. What were they planning? They were planning to like go right up till about an hour before and then announce it on their website, Dead Airspace, for all. So it would just be like a hardcore fan thing, right? You know? Instead. 
And stay. you announced it <laughs> a week before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. And what happened、uh, when they realised that? Uh, well, I guess they just had to abandon all that. Because you realised, you kind of realised that as you said it last week in the show, and I could see you looking quite sick and ill. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on talking about it, but we, we mentioned the fact that we were going to have to pre-record this、yeah. show, and then you forced me <laughs> to explain why. Okay. And then because I just cannot lie, I can't. I simply. Ah,、uh, that's the reason. I、okay. can't think、it's、on、good. my feet. Do you know what, what I mean? What was their reaction? What was that? What, what did they, what did Tom say? Quickly,、uh, quickly, just quickly. He said it was okay. He said it wasn't the end of the world. Mm. He was nice about it. He was nice. You know, I mean, they're nice. He's very angry. They're a nice bunch of chaps. That kind of thing works in an inverse way. The well, nice certainly, they they're not going to be trusting me with too many、done. more of their secrets. I would imagine. There we go. This has been Adam and Joe.、Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who texted、uh, an email during the week. We'll be back live with you、uh, at nine a.m. next Saturday morning. Have a great week、uh, and all that sort of a business. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.